and welcome to episode 12 of Your Ageless Musical Brain. Today's guest on the show is a woman of extraordinary strength and resilience. Clinical counseling and spiritual well-being is her passion rooted from her own childhood trauma. Presently, she speaks on topics of grief and suffering and its implications, especially after the loss of her youngest son in 2013. Her name is Dr. Tony Hines Rivera. Dr. Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you, Luz. It's so wonderful to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, doctor. Dr. Tony specializes in research and treatment of sexual abuse and victimization and psychoeducation. Currently, Dr. Tony is writing a book on the topic of loss and its purpose in our lives, written from a clinical, spiritual, integrative perspective, plans to publish the book in 2024. She has a PhD in psychology and counseling, specializing in counselor education and supervision. The former dean of Alliance Graduate School of Counseling, formerly known as NIAC College. Dr. Tony has a dual degree, MS in bilingual education and bilingual school of psychology from Fordham University. University. And with her bilingual abilities in Spanish, she has conducted research studies with the Honduran population. Currently, Dr. Tony's story is featured in Jim Zambala's 2018 book, The Rescue, Seven People, Seven Amazing Stories, and Laura Contreras' Row, 2009, Aim High, Extraordinary Stories of Hispanic and Latino Women. So, Dr. Tony, you are a woman of extraordinary mental strength, resilience, and no stranger to trauma, grief, and emotional suffering. Tell us about your journey. Sure, Luz. So, my story is long, and it's not very pretty. So, I always like to give a little bit of a disclaimer, or at least a little alert, you know, that as people are listening to my story, that they are aware that they too can be triggered from their own pasts and their possible childhood traumas. I will keep it short, but I do want to say that if that does happen for a listener, you know, take heart because uh, it's a good thing. It is a good thing to think back and and try to process our past pain. And so I would say that's where I can begin with my story. So ultimately, in a very short version, I was sexually abused at a, as a 10-year-old little girl by an uncle of mine who was in his 40s and just basically a real perpetrator. And so I went through that for four years until until I was 14, where then I was impregnated by this man. And uh, he tried everything he could to kill that little fetus. But I never knew that God existed. I really didn't have any kind of faith, stability, or any knowledge at that time. But, you know, looking back in retrospect, I realize, and I'm able to acknowledge that God was with me all along. And, you know, most people might say, oh, well, if God was with you, why did he let that happen? Well, you know, the the situation is that when God created us, he created us with our own will. And he actually cannot infiltrate the evil that goes on in this world because people have to will to do good and will to be good people in this world. But what God did do for me was he took care of me through that time. I was able 
to give birth to my boy, my firstborn, who was like a nine pound baby. And I was this little skinny thing. And uh, so I gave birth to him at 15 years old. So I've been a mom for a very, very long time uh, besides my other children that were born to me. But ultimately, I was challenged at about 27, 28 years old to take a look back at my past for some very strong mental, emotional reason. You know, the brain is very strong, Luz. The, the, the brain is a miracle. And when the brain figures out that we can't handle something, it'll put it in reserve for us. It'll put those memories, you know, and repress them. Yes, it does repress them. Those are coping mechanisms. But I always tell people, those memories are going to have to come up at some point. And the longer we repress them, the longer we are living a life that is not full. It's not a full, free life. And so that, there begins my journey. My journey begins with a very deep depression around that age. 20-something, I was already married. I had my little girl. And then I also had my boy who was already now about six. You know, God was good to me. He gave me a wonderful husband. I met him at 17, but we didn't get married till I was 20. And uh, we're married 47 years now. Wow. He has Congratulations. Walked, thank you. He has walked life with me, ups, downs, good, bad, horrible, amazing, you know, all those paradigms that make up wow. our lives. I'll tell you, when I chose to tackle my trauma, it took a long time. It took literally my third decade of my 30th, my years of my 30th. So it took a good time, but that's when I did the work, the very, very hard work. And and the things I've learned, loose, the strategies, the revelations to my heart on how to live well through trauma is what I love to disseminate today. I hope that that's yes. a nutshell, you know. Yes, and absolutely. I admire how you went through all those things. And yet look at look at you. You I mean, you did, you know, you you have a master's in science and, and, and you went through your education and you didn't allow that stage of depression and stress to keep you there. Which so, means that yes. when you say that, Luz, to me, that means that we can make a choice. Yes. Out of that dark. Yes. Hole. It's a choice. It is a choice. And it's a hard choice because your mind works as much as your mind is for you, your brain is for you, it also works against you, right? Mm -hmm. Mental anguish, the mental battle, the warfare that goes on. But I believe that we have been created to fight and fight well. And that's what I've done. I fought for my life. I fought for my soul and I fought for my mind. And I, you know, I got to a place where I had to make a decision. Uh-uh, you're not going to rule over me. I'm ruling yeah. over you. Yeah, you won. I did win. I yes. absolutely won. Yes. It's a wonderful feeling, Luz. Yes, not that it is. you never wrestle. You know, you always have these remnants of past that want to come into your present to try to challenge you, challenge. Your abilities, challenge your thinking, challenge your self-esteem, right. you know, challenge your uh, ability to do great things. Right. You know, you're right when you said I'm writing a book and so many times I struggle with, 
oh, please, who's going to read my book? Who cares about my story? Mm, yeah. But I know that there are people out there that will appreciate my story. Absolutely. I have to choose to stay there in order to complete this assignment. Absolutely. You've advocated for those who suffer as silent victims of sexual and mental abuse. Could you tell us about that? Yes. Well, you know, one of the things that, you know, people are always telling me, oh, you're you're so brave. You're so courageous. You know, I like to see myself more as rare. I'm a very rare bird. I think we all have courage and bravery in our spirits. I think the only difference between me and another person, a woman or a male that has suffered uh, the kinds of things that I've suffered in my childhood is that I'm not afraid to talk about it. And so that is actually my first tool in my arsenal, in my toolbox, is talk about it. You know, get the story out. Show people that I am a model of freedom. So the only thing that kind of makes me rare is that I'm not afraid to talk about it. So in my talking about my story, I believe I am advocating for hope, for encouragement, for strength, and even for propelling people to start their journey. It starts somewhere. And for me, if I can tell you my story with no shame, no regret, right? And with this amazing sense of freedom, it's this freedom that I live in. How can that not encourage someone else? Yeah. And advocate for someone else to start. I feel that the emotional freedom that I hear you express allows you to go on with your life, bring joy and happiness. It helps you with your brain health, your physical and overall well-being. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, yes. it's, it's kind of like a pay it forward thing, you know? Yes. Uh, Everything I've done, everything I've learned through my education, through my spiritual faith in God, which I am not ashamed to advocate because honestly, Luce, we need something bigger to believe in, in this world. Yes. Right now, the condition of the world is pretty dismal, but there's still beauty. There's still so much beauty. We have to find it. And for me, beauty comes from... You know, my belief that there is a sovereign, good, loving God that takes care of me every day, even when I'm struggling. And with regards to depression, anxiety, and stress, that appears to be emotions that many people tend to ignore as not being important enough to pay attention to until it's too late due to perhaps life's distractions in its most part. What what do you think the post-pandemic, for example, the times that uh, we live in, do you think that it's made people more aware of the importance of taking brain health more seriously? Well, I'll tell you this. The research is showing many, many New York Times articles have been written that since the pandemic, there's been a very high increase in suicide completions, not just the attempt, but the actual death. There's been exponential increase in people suffering depression and anxiety, even social anxiety. There's a lot of research that shows that this is what's happening since the pandemic. Yes, the pandemic has shaken everything in our lives. And it has, again, exponentially increased people's 
lack of peace and lack of stability financially, mentally, emotionally, partners, you know, marriages down the drain. I mean, there was such an isolation in that time. We didn't know how to handle isolation. And so what has happened is that mental health wellness has boomed. It has boomed. I read an article not too long ago that said therapists and counselors are jaded and exhausted from the number of people that they are seeing. That's number one. Number two, there are wait lists out two years. There's not enough therapists and counselors and even therapists and counselors suffered through the pandemic. And so people are in waiting for help. And even though there are a myriad of resources out there, you know, people feel stuck. They feel stuck. They don't even know where to start looking. And I mean, I would love to, you know, send you some links that you can place on your website so that people can can reach out, right? Start somewhere. But I do want to, I do want to say, I don't know if it's correction or it's just my way of thinking that is that it is never too late it is never too late that never is so true late. it is never people will get to levels of mental anguish and sometimes that's what it takes for them to make a 180 degree turn and say I'm tired of this and I'm going to do something about it. Even then, at that phase of it being so bad, there's still hope and there are still resources out there that can be tapped into for people to start their journey to mental and emotional wellness. And speaking of that, Dr. Mental and Emotional uh, Wellness, neuroscience has been able to prove how dance music and the arts are so effective in helping improve the lives of anyone who wants to do it, as we were talking about making choices. Therefore, if an individual makes a choice, this is not for me. Being depressed, having all these negative emotions, we understand is part of life, but understanding that it is detrimental for brain health to actually stay there, then it's a matter of making a choice. Being that neuroscience has been able to, through research, prove how effective dance music and the arts is for neuroplasticity. And this is something that as, you know, as the years go by, if we stay in that stage of depression to being victims of something else, which is chronic diseases. And this is another message that, you know, I think is so important to bring out here in this podcast. It's about lifting ourselves from where we are and changing our state. So on a positive note, Dr. Tony, I know how music has helped you gain that strength and resilience to overcome those stressful challenges. In spite of it all, you're a perfect example. Here you are speaking as a woman who experienced things that not everyone is able to get out of that situation. From your clinical and spiritual perspective, how do you think dance music and the arts can help transform the lives of individuals who suffered, for example, loss or grievance, doctor? Well, you phrase it as dance music, which is beautiful. You know, there's 
salsa, there's tango. There's so many amazing ways to get involved with dance music. I wish I knew how to dance salsa better. But my forte has been more in meditative music that I could I could get into, uh, immerse myself in the lyrics and even the music, the chord progressions, the, the um, you know, I, I'm not a musician, but I've been involved in you know, music and singing for a long time, a good 30 something years at my church as a worship leader or a cantor, if you want to call it that, you know, a Levite, someone that leads people into worship. And I listen to all kinds of music. I love jazz. I love salsa. My husband plays piano and guitar and whenever oh, really? gatherings, he's there playing the piano or he's, and he wants to sing. And there's always a song in our hearts. But I will tell you, Luce, that in my days of deep, deep, dark suffering, it was music because, you know, it was music that lifted me out of the darkness, right? Uh, because when you're in those places, you can't even read, you know, you don't have the energy to read. All you can do is really sit and listen. If you can get yourself to just sit and listen, take in, that is such a helpful, yeah. you know, yeah. way to take your soul right. to the next level. And, yeah. and I, will, I will tell you this from, you know, scripture. There's a beautiful scripture in, in God's word that says that the word of God is like a two-edged sword. It pierces, it goes in deep, the word, right? And it pierces the bone and marrow, the spirit and soul of a person. And that's what music did for me. It was words that became alive within me. And when I would hear these words, like I'll give you a little example. When my son, Ben Benjamin Jacob was, I'm going to say, passed on to his next life, eternity, right? The devastation of loss can take you down really, really deep to a place of no return. And I remember listening to songs that taught me just a little phrase like, I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. I'll see you on the other side, you know, and just taking a phrase like that and allowing those words to to seep deep into my soul and and remind me of the hope of heaven and eternity and the fact that this life down here is temporary it's temporary yeah. everything i own everything i have is temporary but that there is a life beyond this and when i would listen to a man like stephen curtis chapman that would sing you know i'll see you on the other side the weight is only a blink of an eye. Oh my God, I would just be so encouraged and I would weep with joy knowing Luz that one day I will see my boy again. Yeah. And those words are alive. Those words are real. Yeah. And sometimes just instrumentals. Yeah. Sometimes just an instrumental will fill my soul just listening to the beauty. I love to listen to high church choruses, right? Choirs yeah. like those young boys and you know, that will sing like Psalm one Psalm 90, Psalm 121, you know, I will lift my eyes unto the hills. Yeah. From whence cometh gorgeous. My, yes. help. my help cometh even from the Lord. 
Yeah. And uh, I just sit there and literally drink. It's like a glass of cold water just going into my soul, you know. So music has kept me alive. Yeah. All kinds of music. Sometimes I want to listen to music that I can dance to in my kitchen and yeah. literally get lost in that dance. In that all moment, all in the flow, yes. All by myself, you know. And That's a good thing. Healthy, very walking healthy. around and, you know, just enjoying it. So the thing is that music, when you talk about neuroplasticity, you know, music is such a is a neural network that literally helps us grow, helps helps our brain to grow and reorganize our thinking. It is a way to rewire all the functions that go on in our mind. We can do that. Yeah. Isn't it wonderful that we have, we have the that power capability and the potential, the capability yes. Yes. to re- rewire our brains. And I know that that's where I am today. To admire, Doctor. I want to also share with you when I lost my father, I used music to help me because I knew that I had to function on a daily basis. I had to pick myself up if I cried a lot. I wouldn't be able to breathe. So I had to do a, you know, a mental therapy. I had to make sure that I rewired my way of thinking. And I knew that I had to think differently because I had to function on a daily basis. I had to get up next day, go to work, focus on my job. I have to live. And I knew my father would not have wanted to, to continue seeing me suffering. So what I did, doctor, is I began, instead of mourning my father the way Latin Americans learn to do so. What I did was actually listen to dance music. I listened to dance music. You know, it contradicts the culture custom, but that's what I did by myself without, you know, sharing this with anyone else. I did it before going to work, after work, during my work hours, I was able to function because that actually gave me strength. So what that means is I listened to the music that he loved to dance to. And yes, and it was fast paced dance music because he was a very upbeat. He was the life of the party. He he loved to joke around. He was always smiling, small talk, very charming man, not because he was my father, but that was his personality. What I did was precisely that. And that made me feel more connected to him, you see, spiritually, because I knew somehow deep inside me, you know, there was that connection. If we can call it an escape from this, from this world that actually helped me heal and actually it actually helped me go about my daily life and not allow myself through that choice that I made to use music. It is a choice, Luz. Yeah. We have to get, you know, in those moments, we have to get ourselves out of bed. We have to shower. We have to comb our hair, maybe put a little bit of makeup and turn that music on. Turn it on. That's right. Turn it on. Absolutely. Yes. Let it penetrate yes. souls throughout the day. I tell you, I live daily with music at some moment in the day or not. You know, I mean, at some point in the day, I'm going to I have speakers in the kitchen. I have my speaker upstairs. 
I have, you know, I want to listen to it well. I yeah. want the bass and the treble to just, you know, reverberate and, and go through me yes. and, and do something, do yeah. what it is meant to do, which yes. is realign us. Realign the vibrations. It yes, re absolutely. Calibrates us, mm -hmm. your thinking, your yes. emotions. All of a sudden you're hearing the positivity of what the words are saying, you know, yes. uh, sometimes I listen to music and I laugh. I saw, you know, I, my husband and I love Ruben Blades and we love, you know, a lot of the older Latino salsa singers and yes. we'll to those songs together, you know, and, and we'll laugh at the stories. They're telling stories. Through music, yes. So interesting. Yes. yes very good. Yes. I've always wanted to join Zoom, but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I love dancing. It's so much fun. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Doctor, it's been a pleasure. Your link will definitely be on the cover of the podcast show. Thank you. I want to thank you so much. Have a great day, doctor. Thank you, Luz. Your love. You're so wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank so you much so much. For this honor. Thank you. Turn that music on.